Previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. So, a new governing board has been appointed to lead the International Science Council, an international non-governmental organization that works to provide a global voice for science. The new governing board faces the ongoing challenge of ensuring that science has an increasing impact on the agenda. Issues are compounded by disinformation, and this is why it is so important to be led by science and facts. And that is why we have on the line Professor Salim Abdul Karim, who has been elected as a ISC Vice President for Outreach and Engagement. Good morning, sir. Welcome. Very good morning, Wayne and Charlie. It's a great morning here in Durban as well, and good morning to all of the listeners. Good to have you on the show. Um, in your travels abroad and recently your visit to Nelson Mandela Bay, what are you seeing as the biggest factor driving vaccine hesitancy? I think part of the problem is that when you look at the overall population and you're trying to achieve 70% vaccine coverage, that you've got to segment the population into different groups because the needs are different in the different groups. So initially, you're going to get the early adopters. You know, those are the kinds of people who go, you know, if there's an iPhone, new iPhone coming out, they'll stand the night before in the queue waiting to get the first one. So we are now, we finished that group. We're now doing the next group. The next group, they are more nonchalant. So, you know, they're not hesitant. They'll get a vaccine. They just do it when it's convenient. You know, it's raining today. I'm not going to go get a vaccine. So you've got you to do outreach to get to that group because you then have to get to the next group. And that group is hesitant. And that group comprises only about 20, 22% of our population. And the hesitant group need information. So you have to target them slightly differently. And then finally, about 11% of our population are anti-vax. And anti-vax, no point in bothering with them. They are usually people who have crazy ideas and conspiracies. So you focus on each of these different segments and you try and reach them in different ways. And so that's where we are. We're now at the more difficult to reach groups. That's what we are at now. Professor, uh, what is your take on the talk around booster shots and uh, the proposed need for these booster shots? The overall data that we are seeing coming out of a whole lot of studies is that the vaccines are able to maintain their efficacy over quite a long period, six, eight months, for severe disease and hospitalization. So none of the vaccines are showing any weakness in that regard. They are quite comfortably over 90% effective. Even eight months later, they're still very highly effective in preventing hospitalization. However, what's happening is that the efficacy against mild disease is diminishing over time. Now, that happens with any vaccine. When you take a vaccine, initially the antibody response is massive, but then it will start waning over time, and we're seeing that. And because it's waning and we have a Delta variant, the two combined are leading to a situation where the vaccines are not as efficacious in preventing mild disease. So for that reason, there's a need to give in some places, uh, because they vaccinated very early in the epidemic, they are giving booster doses. But 
in my view, booster doses need to be given only in very restricted circumstances. And that for me is the three high priority groups. The first and most important is people who are immunocompromised. They desperately need a third dose because they don't respond well to the first two doses. The second is the elderly. That is people who are over 60. If they've been vaccinated more than six months ago, they need a third dose just to boost their responses because they also don't respond you know, to the same extent as young people do to the first two doses. And then the third group is those who got a single dose of J&J will need to have a booster at some point. It's not clear when they'll need a booster because two doses are really needed in order to protect. So those are the three groups that, you know, we should prioritize for boosters. Prof, you mentioned young people and their response. We know that South Africa's just opened up vaccinations for children aged 12 to 17. The question on a lot of people's minds, however, is why children, first of all, require one jab, and then perhaps why it's important that they get the jab at all when it has been said that kids have innate immunity and a swift reaction to pathogens. So there's no question that children, uh, especially in teens and lower, have a very low risk of getting clinical disease and getting severe forms of COVID. So the purpose from a vaccine point of view is the individual benefit to people for preventing severe disease is less important in the younger population. However, young people still get long COVID and young people can spread the disease. So there's a, quite a big benefit to vaccinating young people from that point of view. Okay, all right. Let's move on then to the fourth wave. There have been talks of a fourth wave towards December. Do you see this as an accurate timeline? And do you reckon it would, it would be perhaps more intense or harder than the previous waves? Yeah, I think we can expect that after about three months after the end of the third wave, we can expect that we may have another wave. What's critical is that whether we get a new variant, because the new variant will determine whether we have a severe fourth wave or just a mild one. So I think it's quite reasonable to expect that um, we would have a fourth wave at the end of December. All right, Prof. Uh, this is a, a real, not events, but it was a conversation that was had that I overheard yesterday uh, where somebody said, what is the point of getting the vaccine if as a vaccinated person I can still spread the virus? What are the facts on that? Right, so that's not accurate. Vaccinated people have a lower risk of getting the virus when they are exposed to somebody who is infected. So that's the first point. So an unvaccinated person compared to a vaccinated person, there's a big difference. And how do we know that? There's a study out of Israel that looked at household contacts of individuals who were infected. Some had been vaccinated and most had not been vaccinated. If you're a household member, where somebody has been vaccinated and got infected, then the risk is about 80% lower. So that's the first thing. There's a huge benefit to being vaccinated because you are less infectious. The second is that if you are vaccinated and you are exposed to somebody who has the virus, whether or not they are vaccinated, 
you have a much lower risk of becoming infected. And if you do get infected, you will be spreading the virus much less because of the time during which you will be infectious. So there are multiple benefits to being vaccinated. Got you. I think uh, we need to catch up again closer towards December to continue with this conversation. An open dialogue about the vaccine hesitancy is is top of mind right now, uh, but we need to get uh, people vaccinated. And and Dr. Karim, being uh, the kind of authority that you are on the subject, I'm afraid there's no Christmas or any kind of holiday for you this year. We're going to be on your tail, everybody from every angle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we 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 have to be understanding that we're not over this pandemic. As much as we we are tired of it, we are fed up of it, we want to be done with it. I have to say that I don't think this virus is done with us. Mm. You know, this virus is still spreading. We have to be vigilant and we have to be ready to deal with it. Uh, We thank you for joining us on the show this morning, Professor Salim Abdul Karim. uh, Good luck with the next couple of months and we'll catch up closer towards December. Thank you very much. Bye. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, you can find out more information on our website. Go to algoafm.co.za and hashtag own your life. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.